Hey everyone, welcome to Rec Play Live. This past Friday we went to California Parks and Recreation Society's RT Institute. So the conference was held in Sacramento on March 3rd and it was awesome. I think some of the reasons I like, well I know some of the reasons I like going to these conferences is because it's a great networking opportunity. Um, I really enjoy meeting new and veteran um, rec therapists that are in the field or students. Um, I'd like to kind of see what's going on, how they're running groups or therapy. We have a unique community and we can kind of provide feedback and get feedback from one another. So I really enjoyed seeing everybody. So yeah, I like to learn about what is new and going on and how they're serving their clients or patients. I also think going to conferences is super great because, I don't know, I, I feel burnt out after about a year <laughs> after a conference and then guess what? It's time for another conference. So then I go back and I just feel refreshed after learning new things and hearing about what's going on in current research and, you know, you just kind of feel ready for Monday after a conference like that. I don't know. What do you think, Garcia? Well, in addition to the things that you said, I definitely like to go because it motivates me. So there, like you said, you get a little bit of burnout. You start to feel a little bit, uh, you start to question a little bit of the things out there. And then you go and you start seeing the new trends, new things coming out. And it starts to motivate you. It re-sparks that flame that you have inside of you and then it really reminds you you know the pure essence the pure basics of why you got into the field and then you see what else you can use so that you can keep improving so that you can keep using it and helping the other people as well mm -hmm. yeah it's also kind of like a mini reunion so I <laughs> I really enjoyed seeing everybody that um, came that was at my internship or from the college I went to or just peers that I've met along the way in conferences or interviews. Um, it's really nice to catch up and say hi and see how things are going and you know it's a day off of work to just kind of <laughs> see everybody and learn new things and get ready for the next year until the next annual conference. I did realize also how small the, the rec community is out here. I, I'm i an alumni from uh, San Jose State. Peshota here is from Sacramento State. Yet we all kind of came under one roof and we were able to intermingle with each other. So when she's talking about the reunion, we're able to see pretty much a good amount of people. And then there's some people also that came down up from L.A. area, actually quite a few people so you get to see people that you haven't seen in such mm -hmm. a long time and you're able to see how they're doing what are the things things that they've been up to and how you can incorporate some of the things that they've been working on into your own practice so I wanted to talk about what I learned during the conference and just some of the key points that stuck out to me and I'm definitely going to have to dive deeper into all of these topics. Um, the first one that I don't know if I've just been living under a rock or what, but um, rtwiseowl.com. Are you kidding me? I didn't know that existed. Um, I can't wait to just spend some free time going through and seeing what current research is going on or what has been done. Man, I think 
I don't know, I just kind of come up with these ideas. I'm like, God, that would be a really good dissertation topic. And who knows, it could already be there. And I had no idea until this conference. So. I think I'm going to take a little bit of blame on that. I learned about it a few weeks ago, but I failed to bring it up to you. So <laughs> well, I'm going to have to improve some of that. <laughs> Keep the communication open, Garcia. So yeah, rtwisel.com. That looks like an awesome res- resource for us. To stay current, I mean, man, if it's already out there, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. So I'm super excited to learn about that and dive deeper. The other point that was really powerful, you know, as we're starting this podcast and this website, we're kind of just, you know, we've done our background, we've done our research and what it, what we need to do as far as the recording aspect, as far as the content we want to put on our website, which is growing, I promise. But it's about branding. How are we branding as recreation therapists? One of the presenters brought up a really good point. Like if you put your put all of your, I don't know, hopes and your work and I don't know, what else would you put into like this box of selling RT? All of your treatment, um, everything. If you put it all in the, a nice gift wrapped box right people are going to be really excited to receive it but if you kind of just put it in a grocery bag and say here you go they're not going to feel the same way about it so how can we for the podcast for the website for what we currently do for rec therapy how can we brand ourselves better you know um, I think one of the ways that you know I'm going to work at on it at my job is just the way that I run groups and making them look I don't know look better from the outside because from the outside a lot of times people walk by and they're like oh they're just playing games or they're just doing whatever Nintendo or they're just painting or they're you know they don't really understand the therapeutic value so I guess reaching out and providing education in a nice gift wrapped box is going to be one of my goals and objectives for the next couple months. Prior to this, I actually never once paid attention to how I gave gifts, what I carried things in. I was the guy that would put things in the plastic bag. See, you can hear it right here. I got the plastic <laughs> bag. So, yeah, that, that was that was me. Uh, unfortunately, out here in California, it's a little bit hard to find the, the plastic bags nowadays. So, I'm going to have to go on a brown bag maybe brown bag it a little bit (laughs) not too sure but I didn't really think about how we package our services and it all comes down to another fundamental thing that I thought about and it's it's how we deliver the service so you can go in and you can talk about how great something is or you can come in with that energy and that's the kind of packaging that I took it into is this is going to be great but not only is it going to be great, but you're going to be getting this, this, and that. And it's the energy that you're putting into it that I think is really going to help out in what you were talking about, packaging the service in a more positive way so that people are actually getting excited. People want to be a part of it, and people are also understanding what it's all about. What do you think? Totally agree. So, you know, I just, I think also maybe I'll dress differently at my job like not as casual (laughs) as I have been maybe throw on a couple blazers every once in a while I don't know just to kind of show that you know I am an equal clinician with the other 
clinicians that we have because I know they don't necessarily wear Nikes to their job. However, we do run exercise groups, so I can kind of justify that. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, there's things that I can do to sell what I'm doing. So I'm going to be looking more into that as well. I just, you know, another eye-opening thing from the conference that I learned is just branding and how how we can improve upon that. I, I do wonder if they have uh, some kind of a formal attire that's also doubles up as athletic attire. <laughs> That'd be something I'd like to hear about. <laughs> Windbreaker dress pants. <laughs> I went and saw a session on post-traumatic growth and metahabilitation. Wow, that was really impactful let me add to that and when she means wow i'm gonna have to double up that wow right there she gave us a little bit of background on her story and just on that alone that wowed me it was amazing i mean not even the guest speaker story was amazing the work is amazing and how we can transfer this into the practice that we do also amazing so you know one of the, the 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 big wows in it as well is that she was not, and she is not a rec therapist. She's mm-hmm. by trade a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. However, she learned about rec therapy, and even she thinks it's a very powerful thing that can help. She said that it was helping her out get through her trauma, which it's one of the things that. We're not going to get too deep into it, but we'll bring it up later on. One of our hopes is that we're able to get her on this podcast. Mm-hmm. We're able to interview her so she can tell us firsthand her experiences. So we're not going to go too deep into this. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Dr. Joyce Michael Flynn, and um, she was just amazing. So she also has a book out that hopefully we can get a copy of and um, maybe kind of do like a little book club cliff notes for you guys. I just think that this could be so helpful for the practice, especially for people that work with people with PTSD or any sort of trauma. Um, This is like right up our alley. So um, the metahabilitation and post-traumatic growth uh, session was really, really um, powerful for me and just eye-opening. Like there is stuff we can do and someone else is working on it outside of recreation therapy, but it still applies to us. So super powerful. Can't wait to learn more about it either. And if you haven't heard about what metabilitation is, it's actually a word that she created. So give it a search, see what pops up. We'll give some more info in later podcasts. Another session that I went to was on public health. This was a huge learning opportunity for me. I didn't know how rec therapy fit into public health before this. So my eyes were really open. There's a lot of things that we can contribute to public health to help people within the community. It just seems like we need to find our way into that as more of a preventative service for people within the community. It seems like a lot of uh, government agencies might be a little reactive at times instead of proactive. So I guess this, what we need to do is find a way to be proactive and how can we incorporate that into public health. And, and I found that generally when I get sick. Mm-hmm. So there's times where I'll go into the doctor sick and they'll help me out in and out boom, here's what you got, this is what you're getting, you're going to get fixed, and you're good. And that's great. 
But there's other times where I go in and they say, hey, you know what? This has been developing. But then they say, you'll be fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And I don't want to be that guy. I want to be one of the guys that we're trying to help you out. We know that if you don't do X, Y, Z, this is what it could lead to. And I feel like you're right. You're that we have as a society, we have been more into a reactive and some government government agencies have been reactive as well. So one of the things that I took out of that was that we have to get it when in a, in a place prior to we have to be trying to prevent what's going on rather than react to it because sometimes we wait until it's too late. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like recreation therapy and public health could be the bridge to gap mental illness in the community. So there's a huge misconnect between services and I feel like a lot of times people who have mental illness may be so we could be that resource to help them get on the right path and lead a healthy lifestyle before it's too late and before they regress and something happens and then they could face, you know, imprisonment or, you know, get really sick. So we could be that link. So how can we be a part of that and how can we fix that? So that's another area I will be diving further into. And if you haven't had the opportunity to read one of our blog posts on play, which is our first mm-hmm. blog post, it, it really just gives a, a broad intro into what, a little bit about what we're going to be talking about. And in addition to that, it play is also one of those things. We didn't add into the blog post, but it is one of those things that it helps you learn. And your mind learns better when you're in a non-stress situation. And when you're playing, you're not in a stressful spot. So you can absorb more, you can learn more, you can comprehend more and that's one of the things that we can try to put into the mental illness because a lot of times but people who are mentally ill don't exactly understand some of the concepts that we're trying to explain and through play we're able to have them understand some of the key words that we're trying to put out there mm-hmm. another session that we we went to was on cultural literacy and To me, it just seems like cultural literacy is changing often. No matter how hard I try, there just seems to be something else that pops up or another term for this. Um, So I think for me in my practice, I want to just keep those lines of communication open and start really researching frequently how things are being said and the terminology being used to better serve the patients. Um, and to improve my documentation skills. So how can we stay culturally literate in such a fast-paced world? I mean, I think we just have to be open to that, to the fact that things change and be willing to find the right answer or, you know, response. One of the ways that I know I am going to try and be culturally literate is if I don't know and I really need to know, I'm just going to ask and be respectful when I ask. I think that's the main thing. If you ask a person with respect and dignity and coming from a place of good, they're going to respond way better than if you're just like, hey, but we can all know that. And then the other thing I thought of was how do we foster culturally competent work environment you know our job has so many people and so many different cultures are there but yet sometimes we may not use the you know 
the most appropriate language or appropriate terms for certain things. So that's another thing that I, I'd like to, you know, look into more and see how we can provide further education on that. And then I also was talking to another rec therapist about different groups to promote cultural literacy and cultural con competency within the patients. So um, I'm going to try and run some groups on that. I got some good ideas, but I love feedback. If you have anything on how to provide cultural literacy to patients, um, let me know, please. <laughs> And I think at the same time that you were in the cultural competency or cultural literacy group, uh, session, I was in uh, one session that we were using cards to run activities. So the main idea behind that session was that you had a deck of cards and you were able to do a multiple different activities that were going to promote different things and you were able to make them goal-oriented as well. One of them, for example, was on how to form associations based on very on ambiguous and vague instructions. So he was providing us with some instructions. We would have to form a group, and then afterwards he would ask why we formed that group. So at the same time, it's showing how groups form, and then he would give us different rules, and then we would see how other groups were formed. And then at the end, he split us up into four different groups, and then he had us working as a big group and trying to do uh, this walk. So what you would do is you would have a card. So you and your partner would have a card and you would enter, you'd have the card in between your two fingers and you'd place them on top of each other so that you were able to hold the card based on pressure only. And then you would have, I think we had, there was about 20 people in the line and you would have to walk around the whole room. But anyways, so with all that, it was showing, it was in the same time, it was showing a little bit about the cultural competency you're trying to see how you can communicate with other people, how you can interact with other people, how you can problem solve with other people. And they told us afterwards that they purposely were giving us vague instructions so that we were able to figure things out and problem solve what seemed impossible. And that's one of the things that a lot of people, they feel when something's impossible, they most of the time won't even try it. Or if they do try it, it's at a slower pace. But it went to show that even if something feels impossible, that you're still able to accomplish the goal. What do you think about problem solving and making things feel impossible? I think when it feels Im impossible, there's more pressure to problem solve. So um, that would have been an interesting session to go to. I would have enjoyed that. It's hard to pick. There's so many good ones. And how do you choose? And I'm glad that we kind of split up so we could cover more ground <laughs> and teach each other. Um, I think that's another reason why conferences are great. So if you miss one, hopefully there's someone you know that can kind of give you some feedback about the session you missed. So after the conference, um, we had the opportunity to meet a lot of you um, on a more personal level at the pizza party. That was pretty awesome. So I just wanted to say thank you for the people that accepted our cards and talked a little bit more um, with us about the podcast and the website. Um, I can't wait to hear from you and we hope that, you know, to hear from you and just get some feedback. We'd, we'd love some, some info or things you want to hear about, um, or things you don't want to hear about. Yeah. And also at the end of the Institute, we walked around and we caught some of your reactions. We asked what you thought about the 
conference and we also asked if there were any highlights that you wanted to say and here's what you listeners said I loved it. It's my first one that I've ever been to. I thought it was okay. I thought it was excellent. It is awesome. The team play was fun. The team building session was really awesome. Good speakers. Oh, it was pretty good. I actually learned a lot. And I enjoyed all the different variety of speakers. I think Prater did a good job. I think she did like a speech on Thursday and Fridays. You need to come to CPR next year because CPR is the best thing for you. I thought it was awesome. You know, when pretty smoothly. I love the sessions. I thought it was pretty cool. I like the um, the interactive uh, session about the cards. That was that was pretty much the entire thing it was very interactive. So I like that. Okay, listeners, it was great to have you with us. Don't forget to like us and share us on social media. Until next time. Rec, Rec play, play, live, live out. out.